0: It's time. You're listening to the National Edgar Allan Poe Theatre on the Air. Sponsored in part by Baltimore's own Raven Beer, this ongoing series brings to your ears the best-known works from America's revered grandfather of horror and suspense. From room to room in the asylum of the mysterious Dr. Mallard, Poe's wretched souls describe their awful tales while they await the doctor's revolutionary system to treat and cure the mentally crippled. In today's episode, the National Edgar Allan Poe Theatre on the Air takes on part two of our adaptation of Poe's Tale of Madness and the Supernatural, The Fall of the House of Usher. In part one of The Fall of the House of Usher, we learned about a man's travel to see an old friend and an ancient secret lying just out of his reach.
1: Her name was... Madeline. Yes. You've won the prize. now allow me to open the door. Madeline. Ah!
0: And now, Poe Theatre on the Air brings you part two of The Fall of the House of Usher.
1: Madeline, but you were dead. Dead. You were dead. Ah! I
0: know you are dead! Hmm, well, let's just see then, shall we? Well, she's warm to the touch. Not usually the sign of someone who died when was it? Two, three, five years ago? Her eyes look healthy, perhaps slightly bloodshot from emotional lacrimation. Look at how the pupils respond to this candle flame. Dilating, retracting, marvelous. You see, usually when a person's dead, the eyes don't typically behave in such a lively fashion. Most importantly, her heart. Mm-hmm. The pulse appears to be normal. Beat, beat, beat perhaps somewhat faster than one would hope, but I would not claim it to be tachycardia, would you? Oh, I nearly forgot. You cast medicine aside in the pursuit of physical science, didn't you? So, in my expert medical opinion, albeit my second opinion after yours, this young woman is most emphatically not dead. I don't... Oh, ignorance at last! The self-proclaimed scholar finally owns up to his incomparable stupidity. But, pray tell, why did you think she was dead in the first place? She
1: was lifeless. I swear, a corpse. A, 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 A young woman, beautiful but dead like a figure cast in alabaster. Then, the next time, she was a bloody wraith, a thing not of nature. And then, crushed beneath the falling masonry and then drowning in the hideous waters of the lake.
0: (laughs) Stop! Stop! stop, Please stop! So many deaths, so very few victims. I think you'd better continue your tale of the House of Usher, don't you? But I'm not sure if I can. Yes, in the presence of Lady Madeline. Well, Don't be so coy. I'm sure she'd love to hear your side of things, too. My stay with your 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 brother was... Address your story to me. It is clear that for some
1: reason you cannot talk directly to Lady Madeline. I admired Usher's musical ability. He could play any instrument, no matter how specialized in tone or demanding of skill. But there was always a melancholy to what he played. Don't get me wrong, sometimes the deep sadness of the soul is entirely what the music required in a delicate nocturne on the piano or the gentle strains of the guitar. Listening to this music, so exquisitely played, I could immerse myself in Usher's sense of tragedy. It was affecting, but even music that should be triumphant was touched by the melancholia of hypochondria and the ominous doom of decline seemed to me to be at one with the house, the House of Usher. What was that? Nothing, just the house.
2: It is an ancient place, it cries and groans, (laughs) it loves to hear me play.
1: As do I, such virtuosity, Roderick. I knew you could play at university, but I never realized your talent as a soloist.
2: (laughs) A soloist? You are yet to hear the most truthful music I am merely an accompanist You mean Of course Your sister Yes, I do believe you are ready to hear her sing Yes, the lady promised Madeline My lady Madeline Ah, here she is
1: As though she were waiting behind the door all along Perhaps she was
2: She has been so eager to sing for you Haven't you, Madeline?
3: Yes, Roderick. So eager.
1: It was beguiling, and the house quaked and shuddered.
0: Do you recall this family concert, my dear?
3: Yes, Doctor. I love to sing, and my brother did request it for our guest.
0: Good, good. And after that?
3: We spent much time in each other's company
0: in conversation with our scholarly
1: friend here
3: yes my brother encouraged it
1: i don't recall any conversation it is true we were in each other's company but never what we could call conversation the lady was as pale as a shadow ever silent a specter a luminous shade roderick and i would discuss science and art and all such things The ushers had an extraordinary library, and Roderick and I would read poems and essays and narratives of fantasy and exploration, and Madeline would sit there, waiting to sing. Waiting to sing?
3: Yes, that is true. I would sing, and the house would answer... I lived, I breathed, I sang, I sat in your company. Why did you think I was dead? Yes, that was
1: a curious diagnosis to explain. Very well. Hear my truthful account. I was in my room, deep in slumber, when I was awoken by Usher. My friend, my friend. What? what, Who? Roderick? She, she, she has gone. Mm -hmm. The Lady Madeline? What do you mean? She has passed in her sleep. Oh, come, come. It cannot be. Come see for yourself.
2: She is there on the bed. You see? She has finally succumbed to the hereditary malady that afflicts all the ushers. May I approach her? Yes, but I fear all is in vain.
1: And you assessed the patient? Yes, yes cold as stone. The pallor of her skin was beyond the sallowness of sickness. The woman was lifeless.
3: I was asleep.
1: You were dead. I lifted up your eyelids and saw dead eyes. I looked for breath and found the odor of death.
3: Asleep. 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 I
1: pressed my ear to your breast and waited long, long to hear the beat of your heart, and could only hear the distant creak of the house.
3: Asleep. 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 I remember your embrace, the warmth of your body and your breath as you held me.
1: I was seeing if you were alive, that is all.
3: In my dream, a gallant lover, a knight-at-arms appeared alone. Lingered and then approached me, held me, placed his head upon my bosom, kissed me.
1: Do not mistake me with your fantasy.
3: When I woke up, when I awoke.
1: Yes, where were you when you woke up? We are
0: all ears.
3: I was. I was.
0: In your tomb?
1: Ah! She was dead. Her brother agreed. Not catalepsy, he assured me. So we took her body, rigid in death, carried her down to the vault of her ancestors beneath the House of Usher. It sounds most grand. It was not. The vault was small, damp, and lightless. It was a dungeon used for terrible purpose in ancient times. We placed Lady Madeline in the vacant coffin that waited upon Trestles. A last look. Upon her face, how it seemed to be a mockery of life. Flushing cheeks, a smile upon her. But no, 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 no. She was dead. Dead. We tucked the shroud over her. We placed the lid on the coffin and screwed it down. I turned the screws firm and hard. The wood creaked in an answer. Then we withdrew from the vault. It was shielded by a massive iron door, which made a sharp grating sound when we closed it.
3: Hmm. My dear, do you recall any of this? I dreamed I was conveyed on a golden bark upon water.
0: The infamous lake of Usher, perhaps?
3: No. Upon the turquoise waters beneath azure skies in a temperate clime. Reclining on silken pillows and billowing sheets... A bridal bed in a resplendent chamber. In modesty, a veil concealed my passion. But then my dream transformed into a nightmare. A nightmare in which I drifted down an immensely long, rectangular, vaulted tunnel with low, smooth walls without interruption or device. I dreamed I was at an exceeding depth below the surface of the earth. No outlet, no torch... No source of light was discernible, and yet I could see the terror of this tunnel in all its ghastly and inappropriate splendor.
0: And when you awoke?
3: I was in a box, damp and moldy, a coffin within the ancestral tomb. The veil over my face was a shroud like cobwebs, and my struggle to be awake, my struggle to be alive again...
0: And you, fine scholar, so capable of diagnosing death, where were you at this time?
1: I was with Usher, in his state of grief. Although he expected his sister's demise, he was more and more haunted as the days went by. How did this manifest? He was distracted. I tried to alleviate the melancholy of my friend. I swear, I tried to be a boon companion. I listened to his music. But now, this became wild improvisations. Genius, perhaps... But convulsions of discord and disharmony. But evil things in robes
2: of sorrow assailed the monarch's high estate. Ah, let us mourn, for never morrow shall dawn upon him. Desolate and round about his home the glory that's blushed and bloomed is but a dim remembered
1: story of the old time I believe these expressions admitted me unreservedly and intimately into the recesses of his spirit. But once I was there I perceived the futility of all attempts to rescue his mind from darkness.
0: No more than one could say rescue a living woman from an unwarranted grave. I
1: saw in Usher Gloom 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 gloom. gloom. Radiating upon, upon all objects, objects of, the of the moral and, and physical universe.
3: An unceasing radiation, radiation
1: of, of gloom. gloom. Seven nights after we interred Lady Madeline, a storm began. My friend. Oh, Roderick. What are you doing here? How long have you been in my chamber?
2: The storm began some time ago. I sat here, waiting until it woke you. Come see. Come see, you must see. I will open the casement. Behold the impetuous fury, the whirlwind, the storm. And there, behold over there, closer and closer comes a mass of agitated vapor, a luminous cloud encroaching upon the house. Soon it will enshroud us like the dead. What does it mean? must not you shall not behold this we are becoming
1: enveloped shrouded like a corpse entombed by... no this is just the storm remember i am a scientist that which bewilders you the luminous cloud is merely an electrical phenomenon not uncommon in a tempest like this the electrification caused by lightning has its ghastly origin in the rank miasma of the lake by the house is it still there Sit down, let me read to you. A a romance, perhaps. I've been reading a volume from your library. I will read, and you shall listen. Let us pass away this terrible night together.
2: Yes, you are my friend, devout and true.
1: It's the story of Ethelred the Valiant. You see, Ethelred is on a quest and needs to speak to a hermit who will not allow him entry. So, Ethelred takes his gauntleted hand and tears at the planks of the door. He cracks and grips and tears the wood all of a sudden.
2: It is a fine tale. I know it of old. Continue.
1: Behind the door is no hermit. Instead, the good champion Ethelred beholds a dragon, of a scaly and prodigious demeanor, and of a fiery tongue. Upon the wall there hung a shield of shining brass, with this legend: "Who entereth herein, a conqueror hath been. Who slayeth the dragon, the shield he shall win." So, Ethelred uplifts his mace and strikes the dragon upon the head. The monster dies. But with a shriek so horrid and harsh, and withal so piercing, that Ethelred has to close his ears with hands against the dreadful noise of it. The like whereof was never before heard. A thrilling narrative. Continue. Well, our hero has defeated the dragon. And, uh, he approaches the shield, but it falls down from the wall and crashes his feet upon the floor with a mighty great and terrible ringing sound Ah, did you hear
2: that hear it yes long long have i heard it many minutes many hours many days have i heard it yet i dared not speak we have put her living in the tomb said i not that my senses were acute I now tell you that I heard her first feeble movements in the hollow coffin. I heard them many, many days ago. Yet I dared not speak. And now, Ethelred. <laughs> the breaking of the hermit's door, the death cry of the dragon, the clangor of the shield, the rending of her coffin, the grating of the iron hinges, the boom of the door as it shut behind her. Oh, whither shall I fly? She will be here soon. Footstep on the stair I hear the horrible beating of her heart Madman Madman, I tell you that she Now stands without the door Madeline My god,
1: a wraith A bloody wraith
2: No, it's my sister You remember My dearest Lady Madeline Madeline, uh, will you not Sing for us (laughs)
1: the house the house was giving way beneath our very feet with nothing more to be done to save Madeline or her brother I ran in horror into the raging storm I stood outside and watched in stunned horror as the brutal storm surged and the house of Usher began to splinter shatter and fall into the deadly waters of the lake
0: yet poor lady madeline
3: escaped tooth and nail i crawled and crawled
0: i think it was an act of willful destruction it was you you destroyed the house of usher just like you knowingly buried this woman living in her tomb no no yes a maniac of the worst kind quite ruthless and dastardly and your endless denials make you most tiresome I'm telling you the truth and how you have wronged this woman I but thought now she was. that you've been reacquainted perhaps you might make some atonement yes there is a safe distance between you you never know dear chap perhaps she will sing for you
2: again ah!
0: We shall take our leave. Interesting case, you must agree. That loathsome egotist and that poor wretched lady. Perhaps they will come to some understanding. And the truth will out. Justice will be served. Verity always comes to haunt the ill-doer. We are nearing the end of our little tour. You must be a convert by now. Hello! Hello there! What in the name of all hell... Well, I'm glad I finally caught up to you. I've been wandering the halls for some time. Dr. Mallard, I presume? Yes. Finally. I'm sorry, but how did you get in here? The door was open. Impossible. It is never unlocked. I don't know what to tell you. Good thing, too. The night's getting colder. I'm not really dressed for the great outdoors. But I've tried that door dozens of times. They always keep it locked. I cannot tell you how honored I am to meet the one and only Dr. Mallard, the greatest medical genius of the age. Genius, you say? Well, I won't quibble over distinctions. Another fan, it seems. You see, they are multiple and manifold. And you are. I'm the man who's gonna make you famous. listening to the National Edgar Allan Poe Theatre on the Air and part two of our production of The Fall of the House of Usher, adapted for radio by Richard J. Hand. The Fall of the House of Usher was directed by Alex Zavistovich and produced by Ty Ford, with the voices of Elliot Kashner, Carolyn Kashner, Brian McDonald, and Alex Zavistovich. Poe Theatre on the Air theme by Greg Martin. The National Edgar Allan Poe Theatre on the Air is sponsored in part by Baltimore's own Raven Beer, purveyors of Poe-inspired craft beer. More information can be found on the web at www.ravenbeer.com. More information on the National Edgar Allan Poe Theatre on the Air can be found at www.potheater.org Until next time, this is Alex Zavistovich, reminding you that all that we see or seem is but a dream within a dream.